Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Allie Webb, renowned entrepreneur and New York Times bestselling author. Allie, of course, is the co-founder of Drybar and more recently, Squeeze, OK Human, and Beckett and & Quill and one of the entrepreneurs that I truly have admired and looked up to throughout my purely Elizabeth journey. In this episode, I chat with Allie about the early days and why she started Drybar and how she dove in headfirst without a business plan, a reminder that we don't need to have everything perfect when launching. Allie shares all about reinventing herself over the last few years, both from a business standpoint as well as her own wellness journey. We talk about what it's like leaving the day-to-day of dry bar and not being involved in every decision, the importance of finding what lights you up and makes you happy, her personal health transformation since her divorce that included meditation, which by the way can come from anywhere like a walk, giving up gluten, finding balance with wellness and relationships, and so much more. I absolutely loved Allie's realness and vulnerability, and it was so great to see how happy she is in this next phase of life. Keep listening to learn all about Allie. I'm so excited to share with you our new five grain and seed oatmeal multi-packs. We just launched two incredibly delicious varieties, classic cinnamon and banana nut. Our new oatmeals are unlike anything on the market intentionally crafted with a plant-based protein blend of pea and chickpeas, sweetened with coconut sugar, plus superfood ingredients like chia and flax, perfect to fuel your busy day. These single-serve packets are total game changers with irresistible taste and texture that's ready in literally a minute and perfectly suited for our new lifestyles back on the go or those days that we're still at home and you want an elevated quick breakfast. So head on over to your local Sprouts or Kroger or head on over to PurelyElizabeth.com and pick up your new favorite breakfast staple. Allie, welcome to the podcast. I am so honored to have you on today. I have to say that you are just someone whom I have admired so much. And as I think about like inspiration boards that I've created for the company, you are always on it, not only for, I think, just the great branding that you've created, but the customer experience, the product, and for being an authentic, amazing women founder. Well, thank you. That's quite nice to hear. I appreciate it. So at Purely Elizabeth, our mission is to help our consumers thrive on their wellness journey. And as I think about your businesses with Dry Bar and now Squeeze, OK Human and Beckett and Quill, they really all have this common thread of helping women kind of feel their best and transform. So it's very much in line with what we're doing. But of course, I love to start and start really with your foundation story of your why and why Dry Bar started and then get into where you are today and where you are on your personal wellness journey. Yeah, well, thank you again. It's funny when you're just trudging through and I know you understand this and somebody stops and like reminds you of all the things you're like, oh, right, yeah, Yeah, there's that, which is very much in, in not to answer out of order, but it is kind of where I'm at in my life right now is this like 
kind of reinvention and having all these things and balls in the air and dry bar not being like the, the, the focus of my life, the way it once was, it's, it's a really interesting and like uh, unsettling is not the right word, but just like, uh, trying to find my footing right now. It's interesting. It wasn't like I knew always and I wanted to create like a, a business that like was so, you know, helpful to women. I think it was just a personal necessity, which we know it's like, what's that famous quote? Like necessity is, is the mother of invention or something like that. Yeah. And, and I think it's, um it really was for me, like a thing that was always, you know, present in my life. I have naturally very curly hair and it's gotten less curly over the years, which is another conversation. And then I just always felt like it was like a personal struggle for me as a kid. And fast forward two years later and being very lost out of high school and not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And then finally going to beauty school, you know, and, and, and the, the, the impetus really for dry bar was like, I was like, why is there not a place for women to go for like just a blow, a good blowout in a, in a great space. And, and that was really why I started because I knew in my heart and my gut that there was like enough people out there like me, women, at least in LA, you know, who would like love a blowout. And, and I had started the mobile business first and that led to dry bar. And so that was really why I really felt like there was like a hole in the market. And I just, it was a hole that I was feeling, which I think is very similar to what you've done with purely Elizabeth. It's like, why doesn't this exist? Like, why isn't there this thing that I wish that there was? I mean, if you, if you look at any successful business, that is the, like the germ of the idea. It's like, I want this thing. It doesn't exist. Or I want this thing that I wish that, that somebody's doing, but I think I can do it much better, which is a little bit the case for, for blowouts too. It's like salons and blowouts have existed forever. We just like wrapped a much better experience and price point and around it. And, and I think it wasn't until we opened and got off the ground that it was like, wow, like we are really impacting women's lives. Like I, that, I wish I could tell you, I knew was going to happen, but like <laughs> I didn't, I knew that like, I liked it and I felt more confident and put together when my hair was blown out, but I didn't know it would have the impact it did. And I didn't know it would be, the business would grow as big as it did. It was really a surprise. There was no big game plan. There was no business plan. I mean, it was so thrown together and thrown together in our way, which was like, sure. you know, my, my brother, who's like so brilliant and him having the presence of mind to bring in Josh, our architect, who was this like award-winning Harvard architect. And like, it was like a lot of things aligning, you know, I was lucky that my ex-husband was such a brilliant, amazing, creative force and that he was able to do it. It's like, it really is like, I think it's very much the way I operate in general. It was just like, oh, everybody, we're, uh, everybody's got is really good at this shit. And like, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like we never went out and looked for a creative director or looked for a really great architect. Like we just pulled from what we knew. And in some ways we got lucky. And in some ways it was like the stars aligned and who knew it would, it would turn into what it did. And we, we obviously are incredibly grateful and it changed our lives in so many ways. And, and it also just changed so many people's lives. I mean, certainly our clientele and we have 170 stores now and which, which creates tons of jobs and the whole thing was just this crazy whirlwind. And I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for what it has given me and the platform it's given me in so many different layers. It's so incredible what, what the brand is that you've created. And as you were saying of like, you didn't have everything written down. I didn't have a business plan. In, in your talking to so many other entrepreneurs, do you find 
that at the end of the day that that is such a commonality because I feel like that's the story that I hear. And I think that's a really good thing for more people to know. Like it doesn't all have to be perfect and line up. Totally. I mean, one of one of my my brother's favorite like quotes that he said so many times that I've now said so many times is don't let perfect stand in the way of progress. And I know from your story, it's like, I think, there, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with like having a business plan. I think, and and like- If you have one, don't throw it away. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> don't, we don't wanna you stop know, you, but- you have like a great, you know, I think there's something to be said for like, hey, I wanna start a business and I financially can't afford to quit my job until I save up. Like that's a plan in and of itself. Sure. And I think like, but I think what, to your point, I think a lot of people get stuck in this, like, everything's got to be perfect. I have to really understand what I'm doing. I have to understand blah, blah, blah. And there's this and there's that. So I can't start it until I know all of that. And that's just, that's the the, the message here, I think, for, for both of us and for so many of my friends who've started businesses. And even with starting Beckett and Quill, which is like a very small jewelry company where we, I started a business that is in a much more saturated space than I thought. And there's a lot of learnings and there. I mean, we are so unsophisticated in running this business. It's fucking hilarious, <laughs> which I know people wouldn't think from me because, because of my, my history. But I mean, I literally was on a call with my very, very small team this morning about Beckett and Quill. And like, there's so much going on for us and we're so all over the place and it's so we're figuring it out as we go day by day, but it's like very invigorating for me. I love that because, you know, what happened with dry bar, which I'm sure is somewhat happening with you. It's like, you get to the point where you're, you, you're making real money, you're hiring like really smart, good people. And it's a very different operation where right now I'm in like the thick of it with Beckett and Quill trying to figure out how to make it all work. And like with razor thin margins and not very much money. And of course I'm not paying myself right now, like all of those things, but I, but I love it. It's like, it's like that exciting like, part. Yeah. But, but again, I mean, there, there, we have made so many mistakes in this business that I'm like, I should fucking know better. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I've done some of the things that I've done. I mean, also like I wasn't as connected as I was, you know, and it was like, I had, I had more help, frankly, in the dry bar days. And now I'm like starting back from scratch. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting journey and it's funny to be going backwards and it's, and it's humbling, which I think it's an important lesson of reinvention. And it's like over here, I have this really successful brand that's like grown and been amazing. And over here, I have this very small brand that's like trying to find its place. So it's a really fun juxtaposition that I'm in right now. Totally. And how do you, I mean, I have so many questions about that. I guess one, starting with, did you always envision that you would start another brand after, or start another company after Dry Bar? I never thought about it. I really didn't. It, was, it felt like for so many years, it felt like Dry Bar, I couldn't see past Dry Bar. And I remember when people would ask me, what will you be doing in five years? Which I hate that question. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? No, I don't think I was ever even thinking about it. And and I think that I've been trying a lot of different things since I've, since like my day-to-day to dry bar has slowed down. And of course I'm still on the board and I still have a vested interest in the company, but it's not like it was. And I, 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 I think I remember when my brother came to me about squeeze because squeeze was really Michael's brainchild. He really wanted a massage, a better massage experience because there just wasn't, you know. Very I love this idea by the way i thought about this for a while yeah yeah it's brilliant and michael had been like 
talking about this for a while and we had talked about doing it under dry bar and then just ultimately that didn't work. And so it wasn't until Brittany, Brittany, who's our, Brittany Driscoll, who's our founder, our co-founder and CEO of Squeeze. She was our head of marketing at dry bar and she was ready to move on. And Michael said to her like, Hey, we have this idea for this massage concept. Would you be interested in running it? Because we don't have the bandwidth to do it. And, and she, long and story short, she was. And, but I remember when Michael first came to me with that idea and said, Hey, I think we should be doing something in the massage space. Like there's, there's also a hole in the market there. There's like the spas that, you know, massage is like upwards of $300 or more, or there's like, I, I hate to call out them by name, but there's massage know, right. out there that are really bad. Um, however, are incredibly successful and like yeah. it's mind blowing. So we're like, surely we can create a much better experience and stay in that like comfortable price point, but like do all the things we did with Drybar, which, you know, which we did with Squeeze. And, but I remember Michael coming to me about that and I thought it was a great idea, but I was like, Mike, I don't think I have it in me to start another dry bar. Like I had just gone through a divorce. I was trying to get my like mentally myself back together. And I was like, I just don't have it in me. And he was like, no, I don't, I don't think we would do it the way we did dry bar where it was like him and I on the phone with fucking AT&T every day. And like the, 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 the pains of starting a business, we'll make pretty do all that. Um, God bless her. I mean, she's done such a phenomenal job. I mean, just beyond our expectations. She's so smart and great and dedicated and all the things, but yeah, I mean, and so then I was like, Oh, great. Like I would love to invest and I would love to be on the board and advise and all that. And, and that's where my life has, has transformed from being like in the trenches, doing the thing to now, like I just joined a board of a company called ideal image, which is kind of like a, a medical spa. They're like the biggest in the country. And it's a really cool business. And I joined the board of onsite, which is like a healing wellness center that I went to when my life was falling apart. And so now I'm in this very different realm of having started other brands, but not being in the same position I was. I mean, I'm like, I feel like I'm more of a grown up now. However, all that said, I did start back in Quill, which is like pretty intensive. And, and, and we're not, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's interesting to go back to that, but I, you know, I'm again, trying to figure out what, what it is that like makes me tick and excited now. And I'm like really trying to like pay t- close attention. I'm, I'm a big believer in like, do what you love and what makes you happy and lights you up. And I'm, I am in the process. I'm in my own process right now of figuring out exactly what that is. I'm sure like a lot of people. Well, sounds like you're on, on the right path. Yeah. It's just like, you're catching me on a good day. You know, <laughs> like I hate everything and I don't want to do anything. And none of this is working. And then today feels really good, which is it's like, just, there's going to be the ups and downs. That's par for the course. Yep. So what was it like for you to leave dry bar? And I mean, it's your, I think about it all the time of like, for me, it's my baby and I can't imagine, but it's like, that's going to come. And it was a slow progression out of dry bar. And it's weird even to hear you frame it like that when you left dry bar. Cause I don't even, and somebody asked me the other night, or left the day to day. No, no, totally. No, yeah. you're right though. I mean, it's not, you didn't ask it wrong. It's just weird for me to hear it. Yeah. Somebody asked me the other day when I was saying, we're having a very similar conversation about like, I'm, I'm not in the day to day anymore. I'm not as involved as I was. And they're like, have you spiritually accepted it? And I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and then it like, but it came back to me and I was like, man, 
It's a really good question. And I don't know that I have because it's been like a slow progression. I mean, when you think back to like the early days when we first started where I was doing every single thing. And then we started slowly hiring more and more people and we're 11 years into it. And we eventually brought in a professional CEO, John Hefner, who was amazing. And we brought on the head of product and we like kept on having to move offices to corporate offices to house all the people. And like, it got so big, our DNA. And all along that journey, the things that I was doing were getting less and less because we had hired people smarter and to, to do that kind of thing that I wasn't good at. But I think like eventually my kind of highest and best use was like making sure customer service is where it needed to be. The styling, this, the because I'm a hairstylist and that is such a near and dear thing to my heart, like making sure our, our stylist and the training program is where it needed to be and developing product. But it was a really slow progression of like not being involved in everything, which like it's a whole other conversation of like that transition for me of being not involved in every single decision that was made. And that was really hard. Yeah. I can't even imagine. And it's, you know, and there was like different degrees at which I was like, and different points where I was like, okay, I don't really like that. I don't need to be involved in that. It was like very much ego, right? Where I was like, sure. but I should be because I'm who I am and I'm the founder and blah, blah, blah. And once I let go of some of that attachment, there were a handful of things or lots of things that I didn't need to be so intimately involved in. And so that was an interesting process for me to go through. And I used to like, I've, I've told this story a lot publicly, but I used to go into the stores and I would be a maniac and I'd get really mad about everything. And then I learned how to channel that frustration that I felt when I walked in the stores and like to the right people. And so it was like, everything was like a learning process for me. So it didn't happen like abruptly, like nothing crazy happened. Like I didn't get kicked out of the company or anything like that. And then I would say a couple of years ago, I was like, I'm starting to do other projects and starting to do other things. When I think like you guys got it is kind of how I felt about it. And, and I don't, not every day do I feel that way. I mean, there's definitely things that aren't the way I wanted them to be from the beginning. And I won't get into that, but it was, it, it, it has been a tough pill to swallow at times, but it's also feels like it's like your child going off to college is what it feels like. Like I birthed this thing, mm -hmm. I, I nurtured it for 10 years. And now I'm kind of like, my kids will still be my kids. They will still come home from college, but I'm not as like in it as I was. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at the dry bar. Well, it sounds like definitely in a peaceful place with it mm -hmm. or more peaceful. I am. There's days where I'm like, oh, why are they doing that? And there are days where it's harder than others. But I think all in all, like I, I feel like I put something really great out into the world and it continues to be something that women really love. And I'm really proud of that. And now I'm doing it. On to the next phase. Yep. So speaking of next phases, let's kind of switch gears a little bit into your own personal wellness journey, because a lot of this certainly goes hand in hand. And I know at least from the outside, it feels like over the last you know couple of years, following you on Instagram and seeing your own kind of wellness transformation where health has become a bigger part of your life. And from a holistic point of view, we look at health, not just the food that's on your plate, but relationships, spirituality, career, home environment, all those things. So would love to dive into what your wellness journey looks like. What's your personal philosophy today? How that's changed? Which is um, a bunch of loaded questions in one. Yeah, I mean, it's changed so much. And, but it's been interesting 
I think that I, um, you know, I went through quite a transformation and I, I really like, I think I softened a lot after my divorce. Cause it's like, you can't help but soften after you've been through something really heartbreaking and traumatic. And, and then I, I had, I have a 16 year old son who went through a really hard time and I got like pummeled is how I felt. There was like probably a good year where I was like on the floor and just couldn't get my act together and was so down and trying to figure out like a lot. And, you know, and that caused me to reinvent myself quite a bit when I had lost a lot of weight and then I was basically like not eating. And then I would eat like crappy food once a day. And it just, I was like skinny fat. And I was like, I got to fix this. And it was, it's, it's been an interesting journey, just softening and like recognizing the things that like, I wasn't doing well for myself and needing to take care of myself and, and carving out the time. And then there's a lot there, but you know, then the pandemic hit and I, I met Adrian, who's my now fiance. And it was just like, the world's just been so crazy. And I, I really lost working in my, I missed a lot when, when Cam and I got divorced was really like kind of a, a, like a stick in the ground of like, now you don't even have a place to go anymore. This is like pre-pandemic because Cam and I shared an office that was like the creative office. And once we got separated, I felt like I couldn't go there anymore, which I couldn't. And so that was really like a fork in the road. And then things just started to change for me then. And I had to take like a hard look in the mirror of where my accountability was in the divorce. And then like with my son and all of those things. And I think all of that stuff really softened me. And I don't know that I got really healthy until probably a year after all of that happened. And then finding a new partner and like falling madly in love and then just like eating so much and getting <laughs> shit, you know? So I think now more than ever, I've balanced out in terms of my wellness where I'm working out four days a week and I'm- It's your favorite that- workout routine. I started doing this program called Boonda, which is if you live in LA, although they're opening in Miami soon, but it's basically like you do, you're on a Stairmaster for like seven or eight minutes and then you're doing weights for seven or eight minutes in a 50 minute class. It's really hard. It's really challenging, but That's it's intense. like, just, it's, it's intense, but I do it like usually three to four days a week. And it's just my thing. I can walk to it from my house, which I love walking. We, I also moved in the middle of all of the craziness in my life to a you know place where I can, I'm in West Hollywood. I can walk to so many places. And, and that reminds me of when I lived in New York. So I love that. And obviously now I'm getting married and planning a wedding and there's a whole new, another set of problems and issues. But yeah, I think that I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I really, I have more time to like do the things I want to do. Like, you know, I'm going to get a lymphatic drainage massage on Saturday and I'm so excited about it. I make a lot of time for wellness stuff in my life now, which I historically didn't do a, because I didn't have the time and the money and the resources and all that. And, and now I do, and I'm taking advantage of that and trying to find, you know, the right balance between all the work stuff I have versus like my friendships and my relationship and which I, which I largely let suffer in my marriage during dry bar because the dry bar took up so much space. So yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a, a good place now and um, probably like happier than I can really ever remember being. That's amazing. I'm so yeah. happy for you and congrats on the engagement and all of that. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm- when are you getting married? Do you have a date? We do. We're getting married in the spring of next year. Okay. So yes, we're, yeah. And, and yeah, there's, there's so much planning. It's different to plan a wedding when you're in your forties and when you're like in your twenties, like my last one and like your parents aren't calling the shots and you're doing what you want. It's kind of fun. So, so fun. I have a wedding planner. She's amazing. So it's fun. So kind of stepping back a little bit to 
to that shift for you wellness wise, what was the one or two things that you like started doing? Cause I think it is important to hear of, you know, you were at your absolute worst and so many people are in that place where they are at like rock bottom. And how do you go from that to hearing you now, like today say you're at the happiest place. So when yeah. you think about, and when I used to do like nutrition counseling, it was always like, okay, talking about this, like one or two little steps that that's not think of it, or even as a business, like that's not think of it as this huge journey, but what were maybe one of those two things that you initially started to do that you start to feel better? Well, initially it was, a, it was getting into meditation, which I, I'm not, I'm not as good as I used to be about doing it. I went, but I, when I, when I was really like grasping for straws, I, I started doing transcendental meditation, which is like pretty amazing Hard stuff. and intense. Jeez. Yeah. But at that point I was like, and was that the first time you'd ever experienced it? Yeah. I did the, I did the, the class at David um, Lynch, the David Lynch foundation here in LA. And I think, and I had a couple of girlfriends who tell me like, it really was like life-changing for them. And I was like, great, anything life-changing. And I, it's when I went to onsite too, which was also a really big part of my healing journey, but do, do, starting to do TM was really big for me. I did that religiously for months, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. I don't really make the time for it anymore. And I wish I did, you know, a lot of journaling, that sort of thing that the, I would say the, the TM was probably the most healing thing that I did during that time. As I think about it, it makes so much sense to me to have a forced quit, you know, like on your computer. When yeah. you that. It's like, you just, you power down and it's so amazing what it does for you. And I remember when I was learning about it and they were talking about the effects and how like our bodies need that so much. And I really drank the Kool-Aid on that. And I really felt it. I now think though, I just started listening to this book called Becoming Nobody by Ram Dass, which I just started it. But one of the things he was saying is like, thank you. I think it was this book. I listened to a lot of books like this, but one of them, I think it was him who was saying like, Maybe it wasn't. Anyways, the point is, is that meditation can come from anywhere. For me, it's like, there are things like I mentioned, I walk a lot. Like I walk to my workout in the morning and I walk back and it's like a 20 minute that walk there and a 20 minute walk back. And that time for me is like a very sacred time. Like, yeah, sometimes I'm on my phone, but it's just the, like, I just need that time to be outside, to to be like alone. And that becomes like a meditation for me in a way. It's just as much as like working out does. It's like, I'm not, I think about that a lot when I'm on the treadmill and kind of feel like I want to die because it's so hard, but it is like there's, I'm, you, that whole class, you don't really talk to anybody. You're kind of in your own space. I, somebody said to me also recently that self-care is discipline. And I think that I, I didn't put it together like that, but when I'm when I choose to work out, especially when I don't feel like going, that is a discipline. And that to me feels like a form of meditation, which I know sounds probably crazy, but I think I'm doing the thing that I need to do to feel better. And right now for me in this point in my life, it may not be this way forever. Like getting to the gym four days a week is important to my mental health and my physical health. And that is what centers me right now more than Instead of doing that, I could spend the 20 minutes doing transcendental meditation in the morning, but I choose the workout and the walk. And that to me is like my like calming place. Peaceful. And so I think, I think the takeaway here is like, whatever that is for you, I think we've gotten to the, as a society of like, 
yeah, I think meditation is great. If you can find the time and you do it, like do it. But I think that we, there's an evolution in that of like, Hey, just whatever the thing is that centers you, it makes you feel really calm and good. Go do that. For sure. I totally agree. For me, I feel like that's how I feel about cooking. It's like such a quiet, peaceful, the thing to feel better at the end of the day for yourself. I, I admire that so much. I always wish I had that, like I've enjoyed cooking and I can't get over this like hurdle, but I can see it and I can understand why cooking, like, cause every now and again, when I get like the right ingredients and I get the thing, like, I, I actually like baking because I think it's easier than cooking. Like I can totally- I hate baking, which is funny. Really? Well, I just don't like measuring things. I don't either, but I don't really measure things when I bake. Either. Right, I don't either. I'm not good in the kitchen at all. And I, I really admire people that are, and I've, you know, one of like, I think my indulgence in, in the last like couple of years have been like, I've had chefs or food delivery service. And I'm like, I'm really so in awe of people who can pull shit together and make things amazing that I would never have thought of. I'm such like a basic eater. And I think I was brought up that way. And I'm so blown away when people combine stuff and make stuff really awesome. I think it's, I think it's so cool. It's but it's fun. Just it's a creative outlet, I think too. Sure. Yeah. On that note, thinking about food, we'll switch to that topic of what were some of the changes in your diet maybe then, and then what kind of favorites do you have today that's part of your wellness routine? Well, I didn't, piggybacking on what I was just saying, I really didn't have great food habits growing up. I was not a vegetable eater. I was very like, you know, hamburgers, tater tots, not very healthy. And my parents weren't, I mean, I'm grateful mostly that they, they weren't like, you have to eat your vegetables. Like they just weren't like that. And I'm not really like that frankly with my kids either. And I still don't really like vegetables for the most part. However, when someone prepares them in a certain way, you're like, sure. oh, they're really good. But like just to eat raw vegetables, like it's just never going to be my thing. And um, so I think my, I, I, I've been like kind of a junk food eater for a good part of my life. And now I have a lot of discipline around eating. And I'll tell you the biggest change, I think for me, which of course you can understand this. I, I, I realized I needed to cut out dairy and gluten and the gluten thing. I think I knew it was always there, but it was like a couple of years ago, I had like a big bowl of pasta. We were at an Italian restaurant. And that night I felt, I felt like really terrible, like in my head and like bloated. And, and I was just like, what the hell is going on? I was like, I don't think I can eat gluten. And once I stopped eating gluten. And even now, if I have pasta, it has to be gluten-free. If I, if I indulge in like pizza, it has to be like cauliflower crust or something. Like I cannot eat white bread. Like I can't eat wheat. And that was a big change for me. And I mean, this is so gross and I can't believe I'm going to even say this, but <laughs> so gassy all the time. Yeah. And, and to the point where like, God love it. My fiance Adrian was like, I don't think I've ever met anybody as gassy as you. And I was always trying to hide it. Of course. This is so disgusting, but it was like a thing for me. And I was like, I got to figure out what's going on. And that's when I started seeing Dr. Nancy. I also started this program that my friend Nancy Anderson does. And it's really just was like really changing my diet and, and cutting out honestly, mostly like gluten and a lot of, a lot of carbs, like beans and a handful of other things where my diet really mostly consists of now like protein and veggies for the most part. And it's not perfect. And like sushi and things like that. I find that even white rice is not terrible. Doesn't affect me terribly. So once I changed the way I ate, like the gassiness completely went away. And I was like, 
this is incredible. Like I cannot believe, and the bloating and all of that stuff completely went away. Like I got a colonoscopy because I was like, I think something's wrong. Like I was convinced wrong because I was so gassy and uncomfortable so much of the time. And once I cut out those foods, everything shifted and everything changed. Now I feel so much better. And I also like one of the things that like Dr. Nancy really taught me was the importance of your body being hungry before you eat. And that we, the the society that we live in, in in America is like, we just, we eat a lot. She was like, cut out snacking. And she also, for me, told me to cut out nuts, like cashews and almonds. I mean, she was like, oh, you can have a little bit here and there. But like, she's like, I tell my people who are trying to gain weight, go eat nuts. And, and, and she was like, they're just really high in calories. For what she taught me is like no snacking and eat when you're actually hungry and pay attention to that, which is really interesting if you pay attention to it, because we kind of graze and snack and whatever. And so we're never actually really hungry. And I, and I was, and I've I've been trying for years to find the balance between like, I kind of like feeling hungry. I don't like feeling full. And that's the other thing is like portion control. Like if I, I really, really try to eat to where I'm content, not to full because I don't, I'm uncomfortable when I'm full. So why do I subject myself to that? You know, and so all of these things like all have played into me just feeling overall, you know, better about my body, which also made it, you know, is how it affects how I feel. Totally. I think it's such a good, I mean, both of those things are such a good lesson. Like one of not eating until you're full every time and waiting to feel hungry and taking out things out of your diet. Like most people are just so conditioned that this is how they feel every day. And they think that that's normal. And then when you experience the other side of it, you're like, wow, I can feel so much better. And we're just kind of on this routine. I think about that with like intermittent fasting. I don't know if you do that, but yeah, we're conditioned to like, you go to the airport in the morning. I was just flying this week and it's 7 a.m. and people are lined up at McDonald's or wherever to get their breakfast. And it's like, are you really hungry? You probably just ate like six hours ago. And we're just conditioned to kind of wake up and do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, therein lies like the rub, right? Because it's like you walk into an airport at like 7 a.m. and you smell hash browns and you're like, oh, and they smell good. <laughs> they smell good. And I really want to eat those. And that's where the discipline comes in. And you're like, no. I don't need that. I'm not hungry. It's like a bit of a mind fuck because you're like, but it's so, it's so good for me. I think cause I'm older and it's like, I've, I know what I will feel like mentally and physically. If yeah, I it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Especially if I have a, like a whole full day ahead of me and I'm going to like be mad at myself and just mentally, I'm going to beat myself up for doing that. So why do it? And physically I'm not going to feel good. So why do it? And then you're like, okay, keep walking. Let's get the water. <laughs> water and I'm a big coffee drinker like just go get a coffee chill out you know all right so we are going to move on to some rapid fire Q&A which doesn't have to be completely rapid fire all right first if you could give anyone a blow dry dead or alive who would it be oh I thought that question was going somewhere else and I I didn't know this was a rated R podcast (laughs) Um, if I could give anybody a blowout who would it be and why was the question yeah dead or alive yeah Oh, I I feel like Jackie O pops into my head because I just, I was always such a fan of her style and classic. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. The best advice that you've gotten in the past six months? Well, it was probably advice I actually got last night 
or some, I, I joined this, like, I don't know if you've ever done these like goddess circles. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah. Like a full moon circle type thing. Well, not really. It's just basically a gathering of women in, in a very like safe, sacred space. And it's just kind of new to me and it's very spiritual, but I'm, I'm, I'm embracing it. But anyways, one of the things that was said was assume love always. And it's like, I tend to be very skeptical and think the worst, like what, what are you doing? What's going on? Rather than just assuming love from people and things around you, right? Imagine if like everybody assumed everybody was loving. How like, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably the best thing I've heard in a that's while. That's a great one. A favorite book, podcast, mentor for your own personal growth. I would say it's like a toss up between Brene Brown and Gabby Bernstein. Both of those women well, I, I, I mean, I had the like great honor of becoming friends with both of those women when I was very face down and like really struggling just because I reached out to them. And by the way, just, you, you never know what will happen until you actually do something like that. I discovered Brene's stuff and like the vulnerability and like all of that. And it was so helpful to me when I was going through what I was going through with my divorce. And then, and then Gabby, it's, she's just such a like, I find it fascinating what she does. I don't know if you're really familiar with her yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's I, to me, it's just like fascinating. I remember reading her book, Super Attractor, and being like, I love this. What's so great about her, and I think people, like, they might hear her name and think, like, it's, like, very woo-woo. And if you think it, it'll happen, which is not her stance. Yeah, you know? totally. Her stance is, like, if you work really hard for it, and you keep putting it out there and you keep making the steps, then it can happen. And I just loved what it was about. And she just inspires me so much all the time. So I'm, I'm just such a super fan of her. Those are two great ones. What is something in your health journey that you wish you had figured out earlier? Oh my God, the gluten thing. Yeah. Oh gosh, I wish I had like really, I mean, you kind of, I've heard it for years and years, but you know, really like, instituting the no gluten rule into my body was like such a game changer for me. I wish I had done that in my twenties. Three random things that you're currently loving. My cat. I was just going to say your cat. <laughs> so obsessed with her. And I don't really like cats. Like I'm not a cat person. I have two dogs and now I have this ridiculous smishy face cat. I don't know where she is. I love her so much. I can't stand it. And she, and she's such a cat. Like she's like, she comes and she hangs out with us, but then she's like, you can like look at me, but like you're, we're not snuggling. I just want to snuggle her. Um, I'm loving that it's cold again. Like I literally have my fireplace on right now. I'm so happy for the, like the change in season and like being able to wear layers again. I really love the, the cooler weather. What else do I love? What else am I loving right now? I just ordered on Amazon compression boots because I, I, because I work out so hard and my legs are often very sore and like sore, like where I really need, I mean, I get massages. I go to squeeze all the time, but sometimes my legs are really sore. I need like a fix. And so I, I ordered these compression. They, they look like, like, I look like, you know, like those pants. Up. Is that what they are? They're like, they're almost like boots that you put on and then they plug in and they, that's easy. fun. It's so great. I've had it done at spas. And last time I did it, they were like, you can buy these and do them. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. I love them. That's pretty random. That's a good one. <laughs> what do you want more of in your life? Time. What do you want less of? 
frustration. I want to get better at letting things go and be like, it's cool. Like okay, I, I can get really like, yeah, I can get really mad very easily. And like, if things aren't the way I want them to be, and I would like to let go of that attachment, you know, a meal that you'll never forget. You mean like because of the company or just because like the food? Could Whatever. be either one. You know, when I was when I was younger, they don't have them here in LA, but do you, you know, do you remember the melting pot? Of course I do. That was like the thing we did in high school. Yes. I I loved the melting pot so much. That cheese. Oh, was so good. Again, I'm like a I pretty much stay away from dairy. I mean, I have a little bit of cheese. It doesn't mess me up quite as much as like milk, like whole milk. But gosh, those dinners at the melting pot. I have such fond memories of that. <laughs> that is a good one. It's so funny. I was actually just looking at a menu today and it, they had fondue. And I was like, would I go and to go do that now? They had gluten-free bread. So I was like, oh, this could be good. Oh, that's amazing. Right. I mean, I would go again in a heartbeat, but like I wouldn't eat the entire day. Right. If I was going to go do that, because you just, you walk, you have to like roll yourself out of there. It's totally. Well, and it also wasn't just the cheese. It was like the oil the and then the dessert. Oh, yeah. Now I want to go. <laughs> I don't even think, I don't know that there's any in California. I mean, maybe somewhere. I don't know. Check it out. Your favorite or most memorable dry bar moment? Gosh, there's so many. And there's a lot. I mean, so many are flashing to mind. I think one of my favorite moments, though, was when we were opening our meatpacking shop in New York. And the stylist basically, like, put together a dance. So we were, like, kind of did, like, a flash mob in like on opening day where we stopped. So my sister-in-law, Sarah, she's a DJ and she would come out and DJ a lot of the stores the day we were opening and she was DJing and the, I, I, my must have video of it somewhere, but like the stylist stopped and I, I learned. Oh my video. God, how fun. Amazing. And they stopped and they all danced to the music and like the clients loved it. It was awesome. It was such a fun moment. And, and, and to add on to that day, um, I had met Diane Furstenberg and she came to see the shop and see me. And oh like, my God. that all happened in the same day, which I was like, ah! what yeah. a day. That's amazing. Yeah. So now I have to ask you this. So you're, you said that was your sister-in-law? Sarah. Yeah. So is that part of the origination of the music? And I know in some locations you do or did have DJs there, like the one in Vegas. Yeah, Vegas always has a DJ and now it's kind of built in and we didn't really build a DJ, build a DJ into the the whole overall plan. But Sarah just happened to really love being a DJ. And so she would come and do DJ, she would DJ at shops and it's always like having like the live music element. It's like, yeah, so fun. Yeah. All right. So lastly, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? I don't think that I have one. I probably need one. I think, I guess, I don't know, this is kind of a lame answer, but I think it's like, you know, self-discipline. I don't know if that's really a rule, but like it is the guiding kind of light for me. It's kind of like what we were talking about before, thinking thinking through like what, what the end result of what I'm going to feel like if I ingest that, that thing, like the hash browns. Perfect. 
All right, well, in closing, anything that else that you want to share and what's next for you that you want us to know? Yeah, about? well, one of the things that we're working on that Adrian and I have started to do a bunch of projects together. And one of the things that we're doing, which you might have seen on my Instagram is this impact series where it's it's been a really, it's a great way to like give back to founders who are in the like, whatever stage they're in in their company, but we're basically like ha having these two day conferences or not conferences, is not the right word, like a two day, like very intimate session of only 20 people where they're getting one-on-one -on -one time with me. They're getting coaching from Adrian and then in a group setting. So it creates this amazing community and really for people who are very serious and like need help, they're stuck, they need answers, they need community, all of that stuff. And for me, it's a great way to give back because I get so inundated with people sending me DMs like, do you have 15 minutes so I can pick your brain like for coffee? And I'm like, not really. But I need this dedicated time and space to work with these founders who are in different stages of their business and offer what I can and what I've learned over the last 10 years. So all it's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and we have this one coming up in two weeks well like next weekend I guess now and we only allow up to 20 people so we keep it really intimate and I think we have like maybe three spots left in it so yeah but I don't know if that'll matter by the time this airs but we're gonna do other series after this and we'll do it again and we think there's been so much demand for it and we've gotten so much you know great re feedback about it so yeah I want to sign up yeah you should come next weekend it's in LA done. <laughs> All right. Well, Allie, thank you so much. This was really just such a pleasure to have you. And so appreciate fun. your time. Yeah. You're, you're good at this. You're a good interviewer. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.